Okay, so welcome to another edition of the Oxford Blockchain Foundation OXBC podcast. Uh, today I'm joined by Shai Gillat and Eduardo Kirsi Della Rovere. Did I get that correct? Fantastic. Uh, almost yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> From uh, Essatec, uh, working on Project ESSA. Do you want to um, just fill everyone in on uh, who you guys are and how you guys met? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so uh, two of our founders, we've got four founders and two of us uh, are essentially from um, uh, the first uh, cohort of the Side School of Business Oxford University uh, blockchain strategy course. And that's myself and Eduardo. Uh, Eduardo, the other two are, um, if, if I'm not mistaken, Eduardo incorrectly, are childhood friends of, of uh, Eduardo. Uh, and they kind of, two of them, the CTO and him, uh, got together, started talking about this. Uh, and then as we went uh, through the course, uh, Eduardo reached out and, and uh, kind of looked if there was interest from people. And that's where our relationship started. Uh, and uh, essentially, that's that's how we, we got together. And, and uh, what I really liked about um, the way we went about this is that it was all about uh, building trust uh, among us. Uh, and, and essentially for over a year, uh, we, we worked with no contract. Uh, we, we basically built trust and, and mutual uh, respect uh, and, and invested our time in the project uh, without uh, any, any, any legal uh, backing to what it is we were doing. So it really is about uh, building a, a trust among the, the, the founders and also uh, me as the outsider, uh, building a, a really good friendship with them, which, which is, um, you know, it helps uh, because you essentially you can talk about everything, uh, which is really important in a startup environment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Eduardo, seeing as I made such a mess of your pronouncing your name, how is it properly pronounced? Well, in Italian, is uh, Edoardo Querci della Rovere. Querci so, actually, you were pretty close to it, so I, it's very good. <laughs> That's the name in Aratnam, so I, I, nobody gets my name first time either. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, do you want to explain a little bit about what Project S is about and your philosophy? Yes, absolutely. And uh, I, I take from where, where, where Shai left uh, with his previous... Uh, um, uh, question. And uh, uh, it's very important to understand what uh, making a startup is for us. Because uh, as of today, uh, making a startup is most of all creating a team. This is our philosophy first. Because today, uh, if, you, if you think about it, to create a, a startup is to understand the market. Sometimes it doesn't even exist the market. And you have to adapt uh, on a daily basis uh, on the new feedbacks you get. And, uh, and this can be done only if you have a very strong and competent team. So this is why we put so much effort in finding the right people and creating the right environment. Because uh, whatever happens, we can uh, adapt and we can overcome. We have done it already and we continue doing it every day overcoming every kind of problem which is the normal life of every startup yeah. so this is why it's so important to have uh, this competence and team and uh, which by the way uh, there is a very good book that is uh, 
From Good to Great by Jim Collins that I suggest to anyone that wants to be a team and a startup because it really say really says what uh, I just um, introduced in, in a couple of words right now. And, uh, and moreover, what you need after that is a strong vision and uh, a very strong and inspiring vision. So this is another thing which is very important because the vision brings the people around it. The, people, the, the vision is what makes people want to work together. Mm-hmm. And, and this is what we have. So what's about as a tech? So Assetech uh, is about uh, bringing back confidence. So this is what uh, we believe in. What does it mean? So Assetech builds, uh, of course, software and uses a technology which is blockchain, which is kind of new, or at least it's not so new, but uh, as a market is new. And what's the blockchain about? Uh, blockchain is about uh, trust and is a system that supports trust. And uh, we want to use it to bring back confidence in a daily life. So, so as Eduardo mentioned before, uh, our vision is to restore confidence where confidence is lost, uh, whether it's among businesses, consumers, uh, and government. Uh, and really what we've built is, is we, we designed and developed an AI blockchain-based uh, platform uh, and tools uh, that essentially adds value wherever you need to certify uh, products and assets uh, in, in, the digital, in a digital manner. Uh, and, and with that, uh, you can combat counterfeiting, you can uh, restore confidence around places where um, processes are being circumvented, um, and, and if you think about really, I think the best thing to do is to, is to give the example of our first customer, uh, which is a, an Italian authority uh, that is focused on uh, animal welfare, welfare and disease control. Uh, and essentially, um, I don't know if you're aware of it, but, but any animal that needs to travel or any animal that uh, needs to go into the food chain uh, has to go through a health test. Uh, And that test uh, essentially is done by authorized laboratories uh, that work under uh, various ministries uh, of of the governments. And depending on the country, in the UK, it's DEFRA. Uh, in, in uh, In Italy, it's the health ministry. Uh, so essentially, they're, they're, they're a for-profit but government organizations. Yeah. Uh, and, and those uh, labs uh, do tests. Uh, it's an ecosystem of, of uh, the labs, uh, various regulatory authorities uh, like um, uh, border, border police, uh, customs, uh, and, and various bodies that uh, go to, into slaughterhouses, for example, and, and make sure that uh, the raw product that comes into, into the, uh, I guess, the production chain uh, is, is healthy. And the way it does, and veterinarians, of course, veterinarians basically take a, a blood sample for an animal that, that uh, needs to travel or an animal that needs to go into uh, a slaughterhouse. They send it to, sorry about that. They send it to a um, uh, the the lab. ISVI is our first customer. ISVI uh, does the test and creates a certificate. The challenge that exists today in the marketplace 
is that a lot of those certificates are uh, are counterfeited yep. uh, and they're circumvented. So what we designed with uh, with ISVI and based on our platform is a way to first digitize the certificates uh, and make it uh, put the, put it on the blockchain and allow uh, other entities uh, to essentially scan. Uh, the the certificate whether you're using a uh, uh, a uh, uh, mobile device uh, to scan another mobile device or or uh, to scan an actual uh, printout uh, to verify essentially that it's legit and basically what what it replaces today is all the phone calls that would have happened to find out uh, whether the authorities that uh, that um, uh, produced the certification actually exists and they did produce it. Uh, and it provides also uh, the actual specification. It links it to the animal. Uh, so, so you have a specific animal ID. Uh, so you can see uh, the history of the animal as well uh, and whether it's healthy. And, and with that, you're increasing confidence with, within that ecosystem. Uh, and you're saving time for anybody involved because you're reducing manual work. Uh, so that's an example of what our system can do. Yeah. Um, I mean, to me, that sounds like a perfect use case for blockchain, but I'm, I'm particularly interested in why. Um, could you give us some examples of why um, using the blockchain for this solution would be better than say, using just a database that would be managed by a central entity? So, Eduardo, do you want to take that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, the the, the first thing that you um, everything everybody says that blockchain is tr is about trust, and this is this case is no different. And uh, the the problem with the central database, which we know as a performance, the central databases are the best, but there is a problem of trust. So who is going to manage that database? So, for example, if you talk about uh, the situation as it is right now, easily. Uh, they have their own database, but Easy is an Italian authority, actually from a region, and there are many regions in Italy, and then there are different states within Europe and outside Europe. Mm -hmm. So what happens when there is a piece of paper which claims to be a certificate from uh, a country like uh, in North Africa, like from Tunisia, for example? You, you have to trust uh, that paper, or you have to trust... Uh, what what can you do you you make a call to actually verify that and who's going to manage it? and even if uh, different uh, let's say institutes want to make a want to organize a common database who's going to manage that so are you sure that uh, for example uk authorities will be willing to use a french database a database managed from a french authority well, these kind of problems makes uh, the situation such as that there are a lot of different databases because there are a lot of different databases. A lot we call them silos because they are closed. Yeah. Different authorities don't have access to the to, to to the others. So at the end of the day, they don't use it. So it, it, it does it just doesn't work. So blockchain. What happens with blockchain? Well, blockchain. It's not just a system managed by someone. It's like a third party that uh, makes sure that everybody behaves according to the rules. So you can trust it because uh, you are the first one that cannot 
let's say, circumvented. So it just it just works. So this is why you can trust blockchain, and blockchain enables this kind of trust. And this is why we enable confidence with it because you can just trust it. So when uh, you see something powered by S, you can just add confidence in it. You, you don't need to make further research because you can be sure that there is something behind that cannot be circumvented that actually does the work for, for you. So this is why blockchain is very important. And this is also why, as of today, databases have been on the market for decades now. So why haven't they been using a central database? Because there is no trust on, mm. on the manager. And, and blockchain here is very important. This is why it's very important to use such technology. So in a way, going forward, the ESSA brand would actually become a sort of a mark of trust for maybe a consumer looking at something and they saw the ESSA name behind the technology, they would know that it would be trustless and that it wasn't based on one central entity, for example. Um, Okay, that's great. Uh, so, how do you how do you view the future for in terms of I've heard programmable blockchain being mentioned. So, so that's that's interesting. Um, we we need to sort of take a, a step back uh, when it comes to to this, uh, and let's let's think about um, um, let, let's take the Gartner definition of of the market space, and Gartner basically defines or divides blockchain into two areas. One is um, uh, technology that is uh, blockchain-like, or if you want, blockchain-inspired. Uh, and they put into that uh, everything that from Hyperledger uh, to essentially most of, of the current solutions uh, out there. If you think about R3 Corda, um, they're all taking elements of blockchain, but they're not uh, a, a fully uh, permissionless, decentralized uh, blockchain uh, solutions. And then on the other side, you have uh, Ethereum, for example, that is uh, that can uh, be a completely decentralized uh, a, a solution. Uh, and what they're saying is that Right now, if you if you you think about a diamond shape, you know, so right now both are developing uh, away from each other, and they're saying that by roughly 2025 they're going to start developing uh, towards each other, and you're starting to see things like that happening right now in the marketplace, whereby uh, companies are using uh, uh, solutions. Uh, that are mixed. So for things that they would want to have decentralized um, um, portion of the solution, they would use an Ethereum base or, or some sort of a decentralized base protocol. Uh, and for things that uh, right now they still want to keep it uh, as a closed uh, uh, ecosystem uh, and permission based where you vet uh, the participants, they would use uh, something like Hyperledger, uh, R3 Corda, or whatever solution that you have over there that, that currently is a centralized solution like VeChain. Um, and what they're saying is that eventually what you're going to have, because if you know if you know blockchain, blockchain is something that once the protocol is out there, you can't change it, you can't program it. If, if it's an open source, it's there and that's it. In order to change it, you need to branch. Uh, so 
And with hyperledger, it's not the same. With 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 those centralized solutions, it's not the same. You can constantly constantly update the technology, uh, so uh, and change the governance of it, right? And that's that's one of the challenges with it. And what what uh, Gartner is saying is that we're going to end up with programmable blockchains, which are essentially using elements from both sides of the equation uh, to suit the solution uh, that is needed. Uh, the the other thing that um, we're seeing, and this is this is sort of where where asset tech is a bit different, because uh, we went through through you know like every startup, we went through cycles and iteration, and we were looking at the marketplace, and our platform is really really flexible. Uh, you can use it for for big uh, items like uh, supply chain solutions and traceability and, and provenance and all that stuff. Uh, and what you're looking out there when you're looking at the marketplace, most companies are looking at really, really huge solutions. Uh, and for that, you need a lot of money and you need longevity. Uh, and, and this is one of the reasons why 92% of pro, uh, POCs fail. Uh, yeah. Because they're, they're, they're taking this huge vision and they're trying to provide those solutions. Uh, and, and we are one of the 8% that is actually live in production. And the reason is that we, we kind of took a more pragmatic manner uh, or, or vision whereby we are focusing on smaller problems, uh, core problems that we can right away provide a solution, right? And get into the company, get into to, to help them with that problem. Uh, and eventually, you know, achieve the bigger vision within those ecosystems. Uh, so, 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 and what you're seeing right now in the marketplace uh, is that, that is driven by enterprise essentially, uh, and, and it is that pragmatic view of blockchain and looking at smaller projects rather than big bombastic projects to see how companies can implement those uh, internally and, and actually reap the benefits of blockchain. And then expand into to larger areas. This is this is how we see the future: is that eventually you're going to have a combination of decentralized uh, ecosystems and centralized ecosystems, and they're all going to be interacting at some level, uh, depending on on, uh, on on the needs of the specific ecosystem or the spe specific company. Uh, the, the the other thing I would say is that. Um, the technology in many ways is there, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so yes, blockchain needs to improve in terms of uh, scalability and performance, and it's constantly improving. But the technology is there. The barriers that exist is people. You know, and it's the education that needs to happen over there. And what you see with, um, with ISVI, our first customer, they got it. Um, they they they're actually uh, slowly but actively helping us um, uh, promote it within the niche that uh, that we have, and they they just uh, been in this huge uh, uh, industry or sector, I should say, um, conference annual conference episode uh, where they had a, a poster that basically described the solution and it said underneath that it's driven by SA, uh, uh, SA Tech and people essentially uh, uh, showed interest in what they were doing and that is generating leads for us. 
So, so from that perspective, uh, you can see that if you, if you can find a partner that actually believes in what they're doing, uh, it will really help you um, uh, expand uh, your customer base because the way uh, a platform works is you, you, the, more, the more people you have on the platform, the more benefit you as a customer uh, yeah. can be from it. Given the feedback you've had from your customer, um, would you say it's coupled against the fact that adoption is quite a tricky issue? Would you say five to 10 years down the line, there is any doubt that major corporations are going to be adopting blockchain solutions like yours? Um, or do you think that the, the hurdles to adoption are just too large to make that kind of estimate at the moment? So I, from, from where I see things five years from now, um, a blockchain is, is going to be in the background of, of uh, or blockchain-like solutions, yeah, inspired solutions will be in the background of, of many uh, applications and people won't even know that they're using it. Right now, it's, 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 it's sort of like TCP IP, uh, HTTP. I mean, most people don't know that they're using a protocol when they're when they're accessing websites uh, and they're accessing information on, on the internet, and that's what blockchain is going to be uh, turning into. Uh, it's really going to be a conversation, in my opinion, uh, within the IT organizations, within entities. Yeah. Uh, in terms of like the, the part of the the strategy of what to invest in, how to invest in it, and where to incorporate it within the uh, within the organization. And, and essentially, which ecosystem will be beneficial for us to actually um, um, play a part in uh, from that perspective? Uh, you can think about it uh, as, as the WAN and the LAN uh, in, in, in the past, uh, where, where today, you know, local access networks, uh, you know, you're essentially using cloud. <laughs> in most in, in most companies, uh, it's 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 just different, uh, and it's not uh, you know you, you're constantly you feel whether you you go out to an external website or internal website, uh, you're using the same network. Um, so, Shai, in terms of uh, the network that we have in OXBC, um, who would you particularly be interested in? linking up with and talking to? What, what does Project SA need um, in terms of assistance from the network? So right now, uh, we, we could really use help in tapping into uh, investment, angel investments. We're in the process of signing up to the UK um, Enterprise Investment Scheme or the, uh, the, it's the SEIS and, and uh, EIS mm -hmm. uh, schemes where uh, you know, your investment is protected uh, in, in many ways. Uh, SCIS is 89% uh, protected. Uh, EIS is up to 40% protected. Uh, and, and we need that investment in order to enable us to um, uh, business development uh, within that niche that we found ourselves. Uh, we essentially are in a position to monopolize that niche within yeah. Europe. Uh, and that investment, that injection of funds will allow us uh, to actually uh, do the business development that we need in order to, to get into travel, basically, and get in front of those uh, laboratories across Europe 
in order to to um, gain business. Uh, and this is this is the main thing that um, we we would like uh, people to help us with. Cool. And Eduardo, Eduardo, do you have anything to add to that? No, I think you are absolutely identified to our need right now. We we did uh, let's say the homework uh, where we uh, work on the market. We prepare a solution. We search for the niche. And, and now we need uh, we we need to grow, and uh, and to do so, we we need some funding. And uh, I believe this is the right moment, and uh, and we are seeking for that. And uh, OXBC is a wonderful network, and we hope that uh, a lot will come from it. Yeah. it's 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 not enough. I mean, we cannot emphasize enough, guys. We are one of 8% globally from POCs that actually moved into production. And we did that with very, very little funding. Yeah. So it's yeah. a system that is working. That's pretty uh, We can't when emphasize think, that enough. When you think of how many blockchain product, products have been around for a while and not actually <laughs> delivered anything, and you guys are actually delivered with such a small investment budget. It's, it's pretty incredible. Um, yeah. so how can people get in touch with you if they do want to link up and maybe talk about this investment? So obviously they can link up with us uh, uh, via LinkedIn. Uh, they can uh, call me directly. Uh, I can provide the phone number here, uh, 07-557-962-707. Uh, and um, they can find us uh, on, on the web under projectessay.org. Uh, they can, and Project Essay is spelled project, and Essay is E double S S, double S E, sorry, so project. I'll put a title up for you. Okay, no, okay. And essentially just, you know, reach out. The same, you can also reach out to Eduardo. Um, and Eduardo, do you want to give your, uh, your, your number? Oh, and by the way, my number is plus four, four for the UK. Cool. And they can email you, uh, through, I presume your details are all available on the website. So on the website, there is, uh, an email info and, uh, essentially, uh, yeah, that will get to us. Uh, and then, then our LinkedIn has our, our email, uh, address as well yeah well you can contact us at oxbc and of course we'll we'll link you up and put you together uh great all right guys well thank you so much for your time um it's been a pleasure to speak to you and a pleasure to meet and hopefully we'll meet in person at an oxbc event in the future yes indeed thank you carl thank you carl